a guy with seriously high status who is that guy, his girl's not going to the club without him. She don't want to, right? A woman that's legitimately not available, that's not looking for any other options, that is like, I have the best option I will ever get, has no interest in going to the club, ever, without her guy. everybody welcome back to root awakening a health podcast nick caputo is with me again thank god he decided to join us for a uh, version two and episode two together nick came on this podcast months ago honestly i don't know when it was but it was a while ago now um still 2023 and I will link that episode in the show notes for you guys. We talked about a lot of triggering stuff. We talked a lot about gender roles. We talked about male and female dynamics, about what Nick thought about these topics and kind of traditional marital roles, gender roles, men being the authority figure, a lot of topics that make people upset. But I think Nick explains these topics amazingly well. And he has quite a big online presence. Um, a lot of you guys are familiar with him because we had Nick on the podcast originally because someone recommended that he come on. So I know you guys are fans. And if we have any new listeners, Nick Caputo is is the creator of the Top T Academy, a community and collection of educational resources designed to educate and guide men through natural hormone optimization so they can dominate all metrics of male success. And the way that I see Nick is kind of like, the testosterone guy and I don't know if that makes you roll your eyes Nick because I know that's not all that you do at all we're going to get into how Nick's business is developing because it's getting huge a lot of things are happening um, but I see him as someone who is really a model of like male dominance in a positive way and showing men how to kind of like take control of their lives and get what they want which is so inspiring to me so nick caputo thanks so much for coming back and welcome back to awakening a health podcast for sure thanks for having me back on thanks everybody for popping in and listening uh, appreciate the good feedback that we got from the last one and excited to you know clarify some of your questions off the last one and we'll get into it yeah, so we basically wanted more time to talk about all these topics, but also specifically we wanted time to get feedback from all of you guys on our first episode, and I wanted to compile all of the common arguments from everybody, and I wanted to give Nick a chance to explain what he thinks about these arguments, because that's what we get faced with when we're talking about traditional gender roles, when we're talking about men being the head of the household, um, and women not working, but men working, men being able to tell women if they uh, men being able to tell their partners if they want them to go out or not or wear this or not um, because of the feminist movement that's happening and the way that a lot of us are raised we tend to immediately have resistance to that and so anyway I talked to you guys I talked to our Instagram audience to and I talked to my friends too because I knew they wouldn't lie to me about like I had them listen to the episode and I had them like give their points and their arguments because me and my friends were raised with a very, I would say more non-traditional approach to life. Like you're kind of a loser a little bit. If you stay, if you're like a stay at home mom, it's better to go to college and uh, be the career 
you know, woman. Um, and just so everybody knows, I don't really have like an opinion about what I think everybody should do, but I really love traditional gender roles for myself. So it's good that everybody knows that going into this. And Nick, can you give us kind of an overview of what your views are on all of these, on like this general topic so the audience has a good starting point? Yeah, I think we can generally look at traditional gender roles and see them as something that is natural and healthy, but at the same time, we can tweak them slightly to account for the changes that we see in the modern world with humanity in the way that we are today. So my goal with this podcast and with, in general, my content, whenever I speak on this subject is kind of to give people a realistic expectation of how we can apply traditional gender roles to today's world and make it realistic. Cool. I love that. I love that because let me tell you a little something after our podcast, I already told Nick this in private, but um, it really changed my view to hear a man say that um, he thinks it's cool if a woman likes to just hang around the house and do the, the dishes and the cleaning and the cooking men actually like this and the fact that I didn't want to get like a corporate job meant some men actually like that was like huge for me so I've been diving deep into the traditional gender role thing since our podcast episode that really opened everything up for me like whoa this actually is a movement and a lot of people are down with it and since doing some research I have found some things that I'm finding like could be a little bit outdated so it's cool that you're taking into account like how do we mesh like all of the all of the great options we have today with the traditional stuff that's great yeah we have like the they call them trad cons or traditional conservatives people that really are like over the top about traditional gender roles like waiting for marriage and certain things like that and it's not really re realistic for most people unless your family sets it up that way for you so i mean a lot of that content i don't think is very realistically applicable for most people However, there's a lot of good points and a lot of good aspects of relationship dynamics that they cover. So I think applying it to like the modern world is really like the sweet spot. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So that was one of the pieces of feedback that we got from our audience. So after uh, Nick and I's first episode, we talked a lot, yeah, about all the topics that we just mentioned. And I was surprised that most of our critical feedback, most of the feedback that was kind of like, quote unquote, disagreeing with the episode or disagreeing with traditional gender roles or disagreeing with men being the authority figure in the household. Most of the people who disagreed with that, who talked to me about the episode were men. I was really shocked about that. And Nick, you said that you were also surprised when I told you that too. Most of the guys yeah. that are like, not most of the guys that I talked to, but the guys that gave me feedback on the episode said that it sounds insecure, that like if a man feels like he needs to tell a woman um, what when he's comfortable with her going out, maybe he's not comfortable with her going out, maybe he's not comfortable with her wearing these types of clothes, that's insecurity. And they said that in the past, if they felt that way in a relationship, they found that it was because they were insecure in the relationship. I had about like five guys tell me this. So I don't think it was the majority of um, people who were listening, obviously, because we had got a lot of views on that one. But it was a it, it was a common thing that I heard guys saying, and I was surprised about that. So let's start there. What do you have to say about that, Nick? Yeah, so... <laughs> 
first, I mean, we have to consider what insecurity is and what like acts of in insecurity look like. If you were to ask me what would make that scenario reflect insecurity is that if your girl is doing something that bothers you and you're afraid to tell her that it bothers you, that's insecure. If something is bothering you and you have the balls to say, hey, I don't like you doing this. This bothers me. That's not insecure. That's you being secure enough to set boundaries. So, I mean, I can't see that being <laughs> reflected as insecurity for that reason specifically, but also because I think there's a difference between being insecure in the relationship and knowing where you stand in the relationship. So like if a woman has re has more leverage in the relationship, like where you feel like you're dating a girl that's like out of your league and she wants to go out without you, she's, you know, essentially looking for somebody better than you. So, you know, you, you know that in the back of your head and you're insecure about that. And that's why you don't want her to go out. I mean, that's one aspect of how I guess some people could consider it insecurity, but realistically it's just realism. You know, you know that there's guys that are, you know, famous dudes, rappers, athletes, whatever at these clubs and that, you know, you're not one of those guys. So your girl going out to the club dressed like, you know, skimpy showing skin without you there. It's absolutely nothing but a threat to your relationship. So if you value the relationship, telling your girl that you don't want her to go out without you is a reflection of the fact that you care about the relationship and you value the security of the relationship. It's not really insecurity. It's just like realism. Okay. Um, a lot of these guys take on the strategy of like not pretending like it doesn't bother them, but seeing it bothering them as an opportunity to like work through that so it doesn't bother them anymore kind of like from a self-development perspective I noticed so like I put polls up on my Instagram like would you be upset if a girl had guy friends or do you feel like you don't want other people looking at your girl in public and or how jealous are you and that is a common response I get from guys like, oh, maybe I'll feel jealous from time to time, but it's my job to kind of work out of that and not feel jealous anymore and feel comfortable like I'm trusting my girl. If other people hit on her, I trust her to say no. What are your thoughts about this outlook? Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. So for the beginning, the working on it or getting used to it, like to the point where it doesn't bother you when your girl is going out without you, things like that is basically like saying, okay, I play basketball. I don't like when, you know, I get dunked on, but I just have to get used to getting dunked on. Like, you know, I'm just going to get used to it. It's going to bother me less. You know, I'm going to like, like losing more. I'm going to not like, you know, I'm going to not bug out when I lose as much. And realistically, you should hate losing. You should want to win every game you play. You should value the relationship if you do value it and stand your boundary every time. Every single time you're losing and you're basically letting her, you know, cross over boundaries that you decide to set for yourself, then it's basically like you're getting used to taking else. And eventually, I mean, she's going to lose track attraction for you because of that, because a man who doesn't stand up for his own boundaries isn't going to stand up for her the same way and her boundaries either. So it's kind of like if you could get walked all over, it's it's unattractive over time. And then eventually going out to the club as much as she wants to go, she's going to find a dude that's better than you and isn't going to compromise on his boundaries. So do you think like by default, a woman going out to the club without her guy, that's like, it's always a red flag. Like it's always like, it's not just her wanting to go out with friends. It's like her wanting to kind of look for somebody else. 
99% of the time. Really? So do you think that, yeah. okay, so I have girlfriends, right, that do want to do that. I don't know if they would like specifically not invite their guy, but I think they would have like girl nights or something. I'm not a big fan of clubs, so I don't usually go to those things, but I think the vibe is like they want to like go out and dance with their girls. And they would always say like, no, it's not to look, like for sure, it's not to look for other guys. Like we've had honest conversations about this. So do you think it's a really subconscious thing that women do that they kind of want to be out in public without their guy, like on a, on a subconscious level in the back of their mind? Absolutely. It's a hundred percent. It's attention seeking behavior. Girls nights, going to the club with the girls is all about getting attention from dudes. Otherwise, why would you not want your dudes there with you? Interesting. Like, why would your boyfriend not go with you? So you can spend time with the girls. Why, if that was the case, if you really just wanted to go dancing with the girls, why don't you just get a nice big Bluetooth speaker and dance in your house with sweats on? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why do you get all caked up, put all the face paint on, dress up, you know, show your nips and like go out and freaking and dance like a thought. Like the only reason you're doing that is for male attention. It's absolutely attention seeking. And in the eyes of men, it's a for sale sign, not only to the guy who you're in a relationship with who doesn't want you to go, but also to the other guys in the club. You're shaking your ass in the club. Every dude is looking at you like this girl's obviously available. Yeah. It's, it's so it's like point. driving a car with a for sale sign on it still. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's a big investment of energy, money, time, commitment to, you know, take care of a girl and to have her as your girlfriend. So like for you to do all those things for her and protect and provide and be, you know, the masculine leader and guider. And then for her to just like go like act like she's available, looking for another dude. It's, it's just straight up disrespectful. So it's like, even if her intentions are pure, it's like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not looking for dudes. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going out with my friends. They really want me to go. It's like, out of respect, you still shouldn't. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. You make a lot of good points. Same as last time. Um, the same, I'll give you another example too. Uh, like flip it around the opposite. You're at dinner, right? He doesn't want you to order the dessert, but you ordered it anyway. Is he going to not pay for it? Wait, is he, he gonna feel like you're going to give me the six bucks for that cake you ordered at the end? Yeah. It's like you didn't want to do it, but out of respect, it's like embarrassing to not pay for it. Right, 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 right. I see that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, kind of like, I mean, that's, I probably could have thought of a better example, but like, it's just a, to point out that it's just not respectful. And in a relationship, if your primary, I guess, the priority is your partner and making sure the relationship stays healthy then, you know, respecting each other's boundaries is important. And if a man does directly tell you, I don't want you going to the club with your friends, like that's a boundary that, that he's going to, you know, want enforced. And don't get me wrong, you'll find dudes that don't care as much as other dudes. But I mean, if a guy, if you're dating a guy who thinks that way, then like you chose to date that guy. So those are like, that's the boundaries that he's enforcing. So it's like, if you don't like it, like why are you with a guy who's like that? But realistically, a guy who's like that is a better protector. I mean, if you're going out to the club without your man and some dude like grapes you or, you know, whatever happens, you get drugged. Somebody puts something in your drink like a girl's night. There's not a single man there that to, that's going to protect you. If, yeah. if shit hits the fan, there's not one dude there to protect you. If, if fights break out, guns start shooting in the club, who's going to protect you? Your girlfriends? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, a random dude. So a guy who's a legitimate protector of his girl doesn't want her girl to be put in uh, doesn't want his girl to be put in situations where there's potential harm, where he's not there to protect her. And I mean, a club is a potentially dangerous place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's true. That's true. So like something that I was thinking about last night was, well, is this all just about lack of trust for the woman? Let me tell you guys, or let me just reinforce this real quick. Um, I, I do have a, like a pretty neutral view on this in a way, because I was raised with the feminist mindset. I can see where people are coming from when they have like, you know, these arguments that come up where, that, where they're like, that seems like a dangerous environment for a woman to be in. If I'm controlled, will that mean that I'm physically controlled? I want to keep myself safe, all that. I get that. But I truly think Nick makes good points. And personally, I do like the more protective vibe. And I know a lot of women who do at the end of the day, like the more protective vibes. Um, but I was just thinking from the perspective of someone who had that more feminist view. And I'm, I was thinking like, well, wouldn't they say that it, it's it's just all a lack of trust in the female, because if you trust the female to go out in public and um, dress however she wants, you trust that no matter what a guy's going to do, she can like, she can do the right thing. She can say no, she can not dance with guys if you really trust them. But what you're saying, Nick, is like, already, if a, if a woman has attention seeking behavior like that, if she wants to go out and be in public, that's already kind of a sign that maybe they're, they're maybe a lack of trust should be present. Yeah. And it's not even like a trust thing. It's like, if she goes to the club, it's already like the line has already been crossed. It doesn't matter what she does there. She's there. Line's been crossed. I don't want you to go. Oh, I'm going to go anyway. Even just saying I'm going to go anyway. The, the disrespect is already there. The line has already been crossed. The boundary has already been disrespected. So, I mean, that's the way I see it personally, but there's a reason for this. Um, and I guess I'll give a little bit more context so that, you know, those listening who have never heard about this can understand. Men are driven by status more than anything. The number one thing that motivates men to do literally anything is not women. It's status. It's oh. looking good to other men and other people. It's having a good reputation. It's being looked upon favorably. So, I mean, realistically, right, a woman can provide you with incredible status or can absolutely destroy your status, right? So having a really beautiful girl next to you drives up your status, right? You walk into a room and you have the most beautiful girl in the room next to you, it makes you look good, right? Especially if she's quiet, she doesn't interrupt the conversation, she stays by your side the whole time, she doesn't talk to any other guys, she doesn't speak unless spoken to. These things just make you look good as a guy. So it's not like we're just controlling, like don't speak unless spoken to. It's just like if she already does that on her own, it makes the guy look really good. Right. If you like have your guy friends over and your girl is just automatically going into the kitchen, bringing out snacks. Hey, who wants drinks? Who wants snacks? Right. She's taking care of everybody. It makes you look good as a guy. So guys love that shit. Right. Any opportunity for a girl to make her guy look good. He loves it. Now, that being said, she can also make her guy look really bad. So let's say, you know, I'm home working and my girl is out at the club where people that I know frequent that club. People I know might see her out without me makes me look bad makes the guy look bad so especially if she's talking to other dudes or like no guy ever wants to hear yeah i saw your girl at the club the other day she was like talking to some dude I, right it's like the worst yeah. news the guy could ever get and even if it was nothing even if the guy just went up to her and asked for a drink and she said no somebody still saw her talking to a dude it still got back to you it makes you look bad it makes you feel like a fucking pussy like why are you letting your girl do that bro yeah so from a guy to guy status perspective a girl being disrespectful and breaking his boundaries makes him look bad. So whether or not you're insecure, whatever, like emotional reasons. I mean, a lot of women tend to put emotional reasons on logical things. It's mostly logical, 
right? She does this. Someone sees her doing this and makes me look bad. Either way, I feel like I have less status because I can't have my girl stay home with me. Mm-hmm. You can't command the respect enough for her to honor your boundaries. Then it's almost like, uh, you know, you kind of perceive your status as lower because a real, a guy with seriously high status, who is that guy, his girl's not going to the club without him. She don't want to. Right. A woman that's legitimately not available. That's not looking for any other options. That is like, I have the best option I will ever get has no interest in going to the club ever without her guy. Pretty sure that's my, that's been my experience in my life. Like when I, what you're saying is what I have modeled in the past. If I've been unhappy in a relationship, then I do kind of want to be out. Like what you're saying, attention seeking behavior. I've totally felt that myself. When girls do this, right? Like if, if she's in a relationship with a guy and she still wants to go out to the club, she's basically a, or he's basically a placeholder boyfriend, right? She doesn't want to be alone eating ice cream every night, but she doesn't want to be alone. He's good enough for her to tolerate for now, but she's still looking for better. She doesn't want to settle with him. No guy ever wants to be that guy. That's but so if your girl, But if your girl wants to go to the club without you, dressed up, caked up, that you're that guy, bro. Like you're, you're the placeholder guy. And for someone to say it's insecurity and that, oh, you should just get used to your girl wanting to go out without you. It's like, you should just accept defeat and you should continue to provide for and protect a girl that doesn't take you serious. And is always looking for somebody better than you. It's, it's a loss mentality. It's not insecurity. It's like, how, how do, how much do you respect yourself (laughs) as a guy? You know, if you want to be that placeholder and you can be secure being that guy, by all means, go for it. Be that guy. But like, you're, you're not going to be happy being that guy. And you're especially not going to be happy once she finds that guy she's really looking for and leaves your ass in the dust. And realistically, if your girl wants to go to the club without you, it does, it's not automatically a sign that you're like, you know, not a good dude or whatever, that like you're, you don't have the ability to give her what she wants. Some girls are conditioned. You know, it's so just modern women are kind of just giving these patterns of like thinking that they're supposed to go to the club, whatever. But if you're a man who respects yourself and you set those boundaries and the girl breaks them, you got to stop entertaining that. And it's like, it's nothing personal. It's like, we want different things. Like you won't respect my boundaries. Like I can't like, you know, you don't continue to deserve my money and my attention and my hospitality and my leadership and guidance. It's like, you're not going to listen to my leadership and guidance. How am I going to be able to, you know, be that guy for you, you know? So uh, I think that goes back to one of the questions that you asked or that people asked in the comments that you wanted to address. I think this goes right into that. Like, why do I think that the man should be the authority in the relationship? Mm -hmm. I think that because in order to protect, you need to have at least some level of authority. So, you know, for example, this is why we respect police officers, right? In order for them to be able to protect the public, you got to listen to them. If they're saying don't drive on the street and they put a police sign up, it's realistically because they're probably working on the street. You can't drive that way. They're cutting down a tree. They're doing some shit where it's like, you shouldn't go down that road. But if you're like, oh, fuck them, I'm going to go down that road and not listen, like you're going to learn the hard way. And it's kind of the same thing with, you know, a guy protecting the relationship. If he's like, I don't want you to go to the club because you're not safe or because it's it's a risk to our relationship. You know, there's there's no really good that can come out of this. You have nothing to gain except spending money you don't have or, or getting, you know, guys that you don't want to buy you drinks, whatever it is, it's one of those things where once that shit happens, right, where she does get up with another dude or something does happen and, like, somebody does bring a gun to the club and she gets shot in the shoulder or, like, worse, 
or like, you know, she does get like kidnapped or some shit. Who, who knows? You know what I mean? Anything can happen in today's world. I mean, human trafficking is not a fucking small problem today. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, but I mean, realistically, then what, what is he going to say? I told you so. And it's not like that doesn't feel good. Oh, you got you got fucked up. I told you so. That's not what we want. If you listen in the first place, then that I told you so moment can never come. And it's kind of the same thing with, you know, any other like authority figure, right? You listen to the authority figure because they're the better leader, the better director. Throughout history, men have clearly been the better leaders, better decision makers. And that's because we're more logically sound. And women, and this is generally speaking, women are more emotionally sound. Women are more socially adaptable. They can, you know, usually read the room better, usually can pick up on social cues better. Men are less inclined to be openly social and are less like, I don't know, emotionally involved in certain things. Um, but we are more logically sound. So when it comes down to a tough decision in the heat of the moment, right? Let's say like, you know, shit's going down. We're in a store that's getting robbed. Who's going to make the decision, the girl or the guy? The guy's definitely going to make the decision 100% out of 100 times. And I mean, that doesn't mean women are inferior. It means that, you know, men and women have their strengths and leadership and decision-making is usually the strength of a man as opposed to a woman. Now, I'm not saying that no women on earth are good decision-makers. Of course, women can be good decision-makers, but put like any hundred women in a room with any hundred men and, you know, put them in like emergency situations. Usually the women will refer to the decisions of the men. And I think this is another question that you asked. Um, are the traditional gender roles natural or are they just like, orchestrated by society and religion if you look in emergency situations or some of the poorest countries in the world you'll see the traditional gender roles take precedence once survival is like threatened or or you know of importance we have it so good in america and in you know first world countries that other gender roles can even start to come about but as soon as shit hits the fan Men are always doing the hard work. Men are always looking for the food. Men are always the protectors, you know, always. And women are always just the providers making sure that the kids are taken care of, et cetera. The traditional roles are always back into effect as soon as survival is threatened or as soon as there is like some kind of emergency situation, right? The toughest girls ever, as soon as shit hits the fan and a six foot five dude is coming in with hands, she's not getting in front of her man to fight. Like 99 times out of 100. And if that one time out of 100, she is standing up to try to fight that dude, she's getting her ass kicked. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people would say, like, I could see a lot of people saying or commenting underneath this video and saying, here's an example of a woman being a good leader. Here's an example. I think there's like a counter argument to that. That could be. We have been raised to have this masculine feminine thing because they're tradition it's called traditional for a reason right so like like men were classically leaders and were classically protectors I want my man to protect me I like that but again I'm just giving this counter argument right so what would you say to that like like when shit hits the fan people go into what they've been taught for generations likely right I think it's more of a natural thing than, than being taught okay I think a survival situation brings out the instincts rather than the conditioning. Okay. I think conditioning is just your patterns when everything is all gravy, right? Every day is good. You got no threats to your survival. Everything's always gone good for you. You've never had tough things in your life. I mean, a lot of women go through life never experiencing anything difficult, like literally ever. So a lot of women. Case, yeah. Is it true? 
I think so. In comparison to men, definitely. Okay. I mean, men have this burden of performance in pretty much all aspects of their life that women don't necessarily have. I remember you saying in our last episode that women aren't supposed to go through the hard stuff because men are supposed to do it for them. And that's why women are more at home. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense to me because this whole time I'm like, like trying to keep up with the guys. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just don't want to do it. And I thought it made me lazy and all these things. And that's why I think this, this, this outlook that we're talking about and discussing can be so freeing for women, you know, just, just the idea that we have, okay, another option that might feel more natural to us. And also the fact that so many women are doing things that they're not even comfortable with. Like you said, maybe going out to the clubs or wearing certain outfits because they think their guy will like it, you know, and we can get into that as well. But, but we're learning that even like maybe the guys don't even like it. So maybe we're both doing stuff that we, that doesn't even feel right to us because we think the other person likes it and the other person doesn't even like it. You know what I mean? Like guys thinking that they need to back down and women maybe wearing stuff in public because they think they're supposed to, but nobody even likes it. So what's the, and I know it's more complicated than that with the dressing up thing, but okay, before I get too ahead of myself, that makes sense with what you're saying. I do have a couple of follow-up questions before we move on. Yeah, I have one more thing to add to. I want to flip it around. Okay. So what I mentioned with the women with, you know, not having anything difficult in your life and, you know, the conditioning comes in then. If you flip that around for men, men who haven't really had anything that difficult in their life and have been, you know, I guess I've avoided the harshness of the world have, you know, like guys that are lazy playing video games all day, you know, whatever it is, they're more likely to play that more like conditioned role, right? More likely to listen to the stuff that is the conditioning of the modern world. Oh, it's just insecurity. Like you should probably just like put up with your girls like shit that you don't like, right? But a guy who's been through a lot, a guy who's experienced adversity, a guy who works really hard, isn't gonna stand for that shit. I didn't go through all the shit and work really hard for a girl that's not gonna respect me. Yeah. Whereas like a guy who hasn't been through a lot doesn't understand because at the same time, the guy who's been through a lot, the guy who's gone through adversity, the guy who's worked really hard to push past lots of obstacles, sees what the world is and the dangers and the difficulties that the world comes with and doesn't want his girl to have to face that. He, he wants his job to be to deal with that for her to not have to deal with that. That's like the whole point. But back in the day, women had to go through a lot more adversity than they do now. So I wouldn't even want to consider the adversity or the difficulty between women and men because it's honestly not applicable. It's very, very different. But Compare the modern world to the traditional times, right? Back in the day, men had to literally go out and get firewood, cut down trees, make the firewood, you know, hunt the animal, fend off enemies, conquer territories, like literally like really hard, dangerous ass shit. And now they have to like get enough likes on social media so they can sell their course. Like it's not the same. (laughs) You know what I mean? We have it easier undeniably, right? And then women, on the other hand, had to do other things too. They had to go learn about all the herbs and the fruits and how to make food and how to ferment things to make sourdough bread or to make, you know, certain things and how to take care of the kids and making sure that the kids survive. And now we have air conditioning and houses and laws and police. And like, there's no, there's, there's no difficulty. And we have like easy bake ovens and like toaster ovens 
and freaking like, you know, like all these different tools that make cooking super easy and all this processed food and shop, right? It's all made easy for us in every regard. So when we do, if we ever do have to go back to any kind of like rugged, like non-spoiled lifestyle, the traditional gender roles always take precedence. The girl never wants to go hunt the buffalo while the guy picks the berries and makes the bread. Like it's just never, it's, it never happens. So it's not like they're traditional roles. If you go to areas where society is significantly less civilized, this is where you, this is what you see. Right. Overall, overall. Overall. Yeah. yeah. And again, another point I wanted to make too, is like for the people in the comments, they're going to be like, this is an example of a girl that's a good leader. I say this with everything I say, there will always be exceptions to the rule. We live on earth. Earth is very diverse and complex. There will always be exceptions to the rules, but the exceptions don't make the rules. Right. Right. So if we're going to be on a podcast and speak to a general audience, we have to say things or at least clarify that we are saying things that is for most people. Are there versions where the girl works and relationships work out? Yeah. My parents are like that. But I mean, my mom and my dad have very different jobs. My dad works in corporate sales for T-Mobile and my mom owns a preschool. Wow. It's not, it's not the same. Because right. <laughs> my mom my mom was dying to work after she had me. I was like three, four years old. And my mom was like, I got to go do something. I got to go work. I can't sit around the house. So my dad got her a preschool. And then That's she awesome. runs the preschool and it ended up turning into a pretty solid business. So yes, they worked as a team. They accumulated way more wealth than my dad would have just on his own. It worked out, but they're an exception. Most relationships are not like that. Yeah. And there's always Mom is be- also just like built different. You're, yeah. And I was going to say, you have the entrepreneurial okay. spirit clearly in your blood on both sides. Um, yeah. There's good. Like I, I can see someone commenting about this. Like there's, there is a tribe, there's a native tribe where like the women do shit and have the authority and the men don't, but I don't know of, like that's not the majority it's like a tribe where that happens maybe a tribe or two and then of course there's a woman that works and does her corporate job and the man stays at home totally flipped and it works okay but that's not like you say it's not most. i've never seen one successful long-term relationship where the woman is the breadwinner i've never seen one i don't know any couple right now i don't know i know a lot of people i don't know anyone where the guy stays at home and the girl goes to work and makes all the money and that relationship works longer than a couple years like i don't know anyone who has that scenario Somebody might, somebody in the comments might, if you do, I guess, comment and let us know, but I've never seen that. I personally have never experienced seeing anyone with that dynamic that works. What was the other one that you mentioned? The um, tribe. There's like Oh, the tribe. Yeah. I mean, if you look throughout history, I mean, there's really no tribe that's been let, there's no matriarchy tribe or empire that has ever stood the test of time. I mean, if you think about it, I think I heard Andrew Tate talk about this from this perspective and I thought it was both hilarious and extraordinarily accurate. If you, let's say you're a tribe like led by men, right? You're like Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan. And you're like, okay, this tribe is run by chicks. We're going to absolutely massacre them. Like we could come in and take over their shit in a second and take all their shit. In a world where everybody's, you know, competing for resources and it's like, oh, I wonder if they have gold. Oh, I wonder if they have this stuff. I wonder like what their, whatever is, you know, conquering territories has been something that's been done throughout human human history even like native american tribes they always like came and there was always war because they were always trying to take each other's shit and if a tribe is led by women and the women are the the leaders and the providers protectors like they're easy to conquer way easier to conquer than like a tribe built by men 
You know, if you're like walking up to like a guarded castle and there's like a bunch of chicks in front of it and you're a bunch of dudes, you're like, this is going to be so easy. And it's rare that like a group of women is all bigger and stronger and better than men. It like almost never happens. Right. Now, I guess you could say also that traditionally in some of those like matriarchy, I guess, civilizations, if they even existed or like tribes where the women were the shot callers and leaders, perhaps they still weren't the army, like where the men were still doing the fighting and the busy work for the, the woman leader. You may have some argument there, but still throughout history, it's never stood the test of time. And I guess that is a testament to the fact that they're not as adequate decision makers. But I think the biggest reason for that is emotion. Women tend to base, base their decisions on how they feel. And I'm saying this generally, just to clarify again, there's exceptions. There are women that are logically sound, but generally speaking, most women are more emotionally sound than logically sound. And they base their decision based off emotions, based on how they feel. Um, and even like having conversations with girls, you could see this a lot of times. You tell them something that's factual and they say, yeah, but I feel this. It's like, but like, we're talking about reality. We're talking about facts. Uh, this is Myron Gaines from Fresh and Fit says, um, what you, how you feel and what's real are two different things. And men are more um, aware of that in the moment, usually. Emotions cloud decision-making for women a lot. And any guy who spent a lot of time with women sees this very clearly yeah and I guess there's always this there's always the physical aspect like the fact that men are generally physically stronger than women generally mm -hmm. that that attests to a lot of who's easier to conquer just at the end of the day from a survival place like you say okay I do exactly. want to get into these follow-up questions one more thing real quick okay but then I need to get into these questions because we're yes. going all over the place Okay, yeah. The last one is that men have always had to defend their ideas with violence. So we've always had to, like, we're more outspoken and more direct and more confrontational with our decision making because we've always had to defend everything we've ever said or done that was controversial throughout, like, history. So we're kind of, like, built for that. Women are more used to saying things that they don't, that they can't back up or that, like, they're, they don't actually have a justification for why they're doing it. It's more like, oh, in the moment, I just disagreed or I just said this or I just decided this. And then in hindsight, they're like, I don't even really know why I did that. Or they don't even remember that they did it or said it. And I think um, the fact of having to like defend your standpoints or your religious beliefs or whatever it is with, with war, with violence throughout history kind of made men wired a little different to be able to make decisions and be leaders in a different way. Okay. To the questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so why do guys want why do guys care about status the most that's an interesting question why do they care about status the most um ultimately is because I, I think that status is the number one way to pass on your genes to get women women are more attracted to status than just about anything a lot of these things that guys want give you status including women but realistically the status gets you more women and more of an ability to pass on your genes so at the end of the day, the number one thing that motivates all men to, to seek status is to pass on their genes. And you see this even in other species, like other primates, like even chimps, right? The alpha has the most opportunities to reproduce. And it's not like every guy wants to be the alpha, but the guy who has the most reproductive options is the alpha. Um, and it's it's interesting to see the dynamics, especially with chimps. I, uh, I've done a little bit of research on into them. It's It's not like, you know... They're a lot like us in a lot of ways. Um, so I think 
they're a valid way of looking at human nature uh, to some degree. Obviously not to a complete degree because they don't have the same brain size and same prefrontal lobes that we have. They don't have the same ability to think about themselves and look in hindsight and really reflect on self like we do. However, their patterns of behavior are very similar and it shows that they are kind of ingrained in us. The alpha never really sticks around chicks. He's always around guys. He's, they form relationships by grooming each other. So basically like they pick stuff out of each other's hairs and they make sure that everything is like good. Like there's no like diseases on their skin or like, so they form relationships by hanging out with dudes and grooming each other. Um, that's how like, you know, if you like are grooming with the alpha, you're like the high status. Like you, you earn status by like who your friends are and who you're grooming with as chimps. So the alpha never, ever really hangs around the chicks. The chicks just come around and sneak up and like get their moment with them. And then that's it. And he'll have like 10, 15 kids in his lifetime. And chimps live pretty old. Like the oldest ones could live to like 60, 70 years old. So they have pretty long lives. And the alpha is usually around 30 or older. Like the younger guys in their 20s usually don't become the alpha until they're like almost 30. But realistically, once they are, they don't really ever show weakness in front of the other dudes. Like if they get hurt, like they run into the woods and go by themselves and recover on their own, then come back to the group and be like, what's up? I'm all good. Um, <laughs> super interesting. So like the status thing, I think realistically, even in animals that don't understand money, don't understand relationship dynamics, don't understand, you know, any of these kind of topics, they still kind of automatically do this status seeking, status seeking things. The young guys will try to challenge the alpha or to stand up or like show less respect than the other ones because they're like, I'm coming for your spot type thing. They still are territorial, even though there's enough fruit in the jungle for everybody. They still fight over territory. They still fight over trees. They still kill each other over the shit. If you're not in the same group, they'll kill each other. doesn't matter. You'll never make friends with chimps from other tribes. They literally will just kill each other on site because it's like you're a threat. Mm -hmm. So it's it's interesting to see how chimps work with this. And if anybody wants to kind of see this um, in like a movie type thing, there's a new show on Netflix. It's only four episodes called Chimp Empire super interesting and they got really really awesome shots i really wonder how they filmed it because they re really went into the the jungle in africa and got like really high quality footage of all these things happening and then like narrated the whole thing and they gave them all names and showed like how the society works it's fucking <laughs> sick so if you really want to learn about this shit i think that's a really cool one and then anyway i think it's a good example a good metaphor for what we see in society today and why guys want to seek status it's almost just in our dna like it's almost like we just inherently do it it's not something that we like do for a reason, like where we justify it. It's like we're designed to do it. And I think going along with what we're designed to do, you know, like me, I'm like a big natural naturalist, big natural life enthusiast. I think the things that are embedded into our instincts are the things that we need to be doing more than not. Um, and that being said, not every chimp is the alpha. Only one chimp gets to be the alpha, right? Some of the younger ones are up and coming that want to be the alpha. Other ones kind of are cool with being a part of the pack and being on the team and not being that guy. Some of them might spend more time with females, right? Other ones, you know, but the alpha doesn't. So it depends. I mean, you don't have to be the alpha, but the alpha talks the most cheeks. <laughs> so it's like, it depends what you want. I find this interesting. What you're saying about status relates to being able to reproduce more because unless things have changed, as far as I know, you strike me as someone who is looking to be more of an alpha right <laughs> um, i mean i mean kind of it depends on like how you define alpha but like yeah in a group setting i do prefer to be the leader okay i do want to be the shot caller i mean every guy should be that alpha of his own household 
if you want to have a wife and kids, you need to be the alpha of your own house. Right, right. But like, right. not everyone needs to be the alpha, like the president of the United States or the, yeah. I mean, that's a terrible example because he's not even the shot caller, but like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Yeah. The, 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 the captain of the hockey team, you know, like, I don't need to be the captain of the hockey team per se. Um, but like, whatever it is, there's any group of people, there is an alpha. They're like, an, even if it's like an unsaid alpha. Like if you have a group of friends, there's one of you that's the clear like alpha that always is leading the group or always is the biggest decision maker or the guy that nobody in the group will fuck with. That's like the the unsaid alpha. That is the alpha. But some guys describe being an alpha as like just being a successful guy with decent status. Like that's I wouldn't consider that to be alpha per se. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Is that clear? Yes, but I want to tie some things together because you're saying like men have an instinct for status because it allows them to reproduce more. But like, for example, you are, are you still desiring a monogamous relationship? That would be like just as much like reproductive ability as anybody else who is seeing one person. Yeah. Well, I mean, from a guy's perspective, if let's say, I'm just like, I'm not even saying this is what I want. I'm just saying from a guy's perspective in general, like if you have five girls, you have a lot more reproductive potential than one girl. Yeah, like but one girl can only have one baby per year. You can only have like X amount of babies until she's too old to reproduce. If you have five of them, then it's like five times the reproductive potential. If you're that guy, you can handle that. But I mean, well, I know, but you're, but, but you're not looking or like, let's say there are a lot of guys that are not looking for five girls to knock up. They're looking for one person. So like, how does that relate? Yeah. I'm not wrapping my head around that. I mean, if you currently have zero, you want one. Yeah. <laughs> one, you might want to <laughs> like, you know, so it's one of those things. It's like men will always strive for more. It's, it's we're wired to do that too. Enough is never enough. So we, you know, you get, you, you're trying to run up your money, right? You get a Lambo. Now you want a McLaren too. Now you want the mansion. Now you want all these other things. It's like you, you set a goal, you achieve the goal. What's the next goal? Now don't get me wrong. I'm not against monogamy. And personally, I like monogamy. I think monogamy is cool. I could see myself in a, monog in a monogamous relationship with a girl. Um, right now, I'm honestly not entirely focused on relationships in general. I'm focused more on, you know, stacking bread and making like my, my career go on point because I'm in my 20s and that's like what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm going to the gym. I'm getting my, you know, stuff on point. You know, relationships, if they come, they come, but it's not like a priority. It's like a, it's like a number three or four on the list of priorities. It's not number one. So for me, that's like where I'm at. But I mean, when it comes to monogamy, I'm like not 10 toes down where like any relationship I'm in needs to be monogamous, where it's like, I need only one girl. Like I would obviously be open and cool with having two or three. I think that would be cool. Um, you know, if I do ever, which who knows, I probably won't. But if I ever become like some like super billionaire guy who, you know, is like super world famous or whatever, and you have like a million girls all over you, like monogamy doesn't make sense for those guys. So I think to blanket statement, your relationship dynamics for all people doesn't really make sense. It's nuanced. It depends on where you're at. Like most guys look for what's optimal for what they can get. And honestly, the girl's the same thing. A girl will get with the guy, will stay with a guy who she thinks is her best option. And if she thinks she can do better, she'll leave or she'll use him as a placeholder until she finds better and leaves. Um, guys kind of are a little different in the sense where like, they won't leave. They just want more. So it's like a guy will have like a wife you know, like Kobe Bryant had his wife for like most of his life, but like you think he wasn't getting with girls on the side? He absolutely was. And his wife just looked the other way because she still gets to be Kobe Bryant's wife. Now, if you're not Kobe Bryant, you don't have the luxury of being able to get away with that. 
Um, it, it really all depends on leverage. Like how much leverage do you have versus how much leverage the girl has? And I'd argue that the more the healthier relationship is, is when the guy has more leverage than the girl. Okay. But I think there's a sweet spot. I think if the guy has way too much leverage, it can be uh, a little less healthy. But if the guy has like the sweet spot of leverage, then that's really where it can be healthy. And I am an advocate for the nuclear family. But in today's world, sometimes it's a little tough to make happen. To what? To make happen. Okay. I'm confused. I'm not confused about what you're saying, but yeah. I don't, I just, I'm sorry. I don't see how these all match up. Like, like nuclear, nuclear family's great. And like, I don't want to keep using your personal life as an example, but there are a lot of guys that I, I think would probably agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't think that you're like one out of a million, you know? So let's say there are a lot of guys that think the nuclear family is great, but also a lot of guys that if they could, they would have like multiple partners. Yeah. And I mean, they can exist simultaneously. It's possible. Oh, oh, you, you, you have multiple partners and you have a nuclear family with like basically a polyamorous situation. Either that or like a guy who's like one of those like super rich guys traveling all over the world has like one family in one location, another family in the other location. They both know that it's going down and they're both cool with it, but like they don't live together. You know right. what I mean? Like, the, and I mean, realistically, the only way to make that work is if you have the money enough to make sure that both of those women are all three or four of those women and all of those families are taken care of financially, no matter what. And that you're bopping around between all of them and being, you know, present enough that your kids grow up well, that you can still be a good dad. So, I mean, realistically, I think it take you have to be built different to really make that work, in my opinion. Like, I don't know if I really see myself ever doing that. Yeah, it but seems again, like it's, a lot, but some people- Like some guys like get like, you know, super rich in their early thirties or in their forties and then like their whole life changes. And then this, this becomes a re a realistic option for them. Yeah. But for most guys, it's not a realistic option. If we're going to speak from, you know, still generally speaking, there are exceptions to the rules, but the exceptions don't make the rules. The rule is, I think monogamy is realistically a good strategy for most men to go after because realistically most guys can't even get one girl. I know. Yeah, you guys listen to the stats that Nick gives in our first episode. It's crazy. Like women do yeah. not know that. Kind it's of tough out here for guys in the dating world. Absolutely. And that's but why a lot of these podcasts are blowing up like fresh and yeah. fit, whatever. It's a huge issue. Like there are millions of guys that have that aren't even ugly dudes that have like yeah. a really, really hard time dealing with girls. Exactly. I know there are guys in my um, Instagram audience that are telling me these things like they are um, virgins they haven't had sex before and they really want to and they're like not bad looking guys very sweet people like they've been in my audience for years and they're great guys and I'm just like I don't get it why you know like why why hasn't that happened yet and you want that and you deserve that um, but see there are people like you out there who are having these conversations and teaching men. So I truly believe it's going to change. Like, I truly believe that men are going to kind of tune into, I mean, some men are going to tune into all of this stuff and figure out their strategies to help themselves. Yeah. I will say I'm a huge supporter of the Fresh and Fit podcast. I think, I mean, realistically, I don't help guys with dating. That's not like my biggest thing. I like to speak on my opinions on these topics occasionally, but this isn't like my niche. My niche is the health aspect. I help guys get, you know, in shape and, you know, get their health on point and build up their like, physical aspects of their confidence. I don't necessarily help with dating advice or telling girl, like guys how to go get girls or do things like that. Um, I also don't teach money, at least not yet. Um, so pretty much like my, my main thing is just health. I'm just giving my opinions on this based from what I've seen. I've, you know, 
I've been a fan of a lot of these, uh, a lot of the content that is around relationship dynamics. And I found that a lot like, you know, to be helpful with me and also confirming a lot of things that I've always thought my whole life. So it's interesting to see this kind of divide, but I do think and hope that we do move in this direction. A lot more guys do get helped by these kind of big um, podcasts like Fresh and Fit and, you know, can kind of change the dynamic of the world. I think also a lot of these guys have a tough time now because of the way that they're taught how to deal with women from when they're young, like now and this previous, like this now generation has been raised on the, oh, it's insecure to set boundaries. It's, you know, you can't tell your girl she can't go out. What are you insecure? Your girl should, you should always let your girl go out and be a hoe. Like, you know, like it's kind of like, they're kind of like taught to be like that, to be overly nice, to never stand their ground, to not be direct. And, you know, to be like over chivalrous, um, you know, to be chivalrous to girls that don't deserve it or haven't like, you know, earned any kind of like attention from you yet. So there's a lot of things that, I feel like is lacking in the education of young men on how to deal with women and how to deal with relationships. And at the same time, I'll say the exact same thing on the women's side. However, it's still a lot easier for women because no matter what men are always like more sexually driven, like they, you know, you could be a girl and know absolutely nothing about relationship dynamics and still get with a million dudes. Like you could literally just like fall lay down on the sidewalk with your legs open and like dudes will just fall in there. Like it'll just happen. Um, Dudes can't do that. You could be a guy and, and go out and try to talk to a bunch of girls and spend like three weeks trying to get laid and still not get laid. I know. So it's like, it's very, very different. And that's also why guys don't want their girl to go in the club because all it takes is two seconds. And wow. girls are driven by emotion. If she's feeling it in the moment, she'll throw our whole relationship away for one moment and then regret it, but it still happened. Yeah, let's let's touch on that and close that topic out because I had somebody ask in my Instagram audience, what do you think about women deciding restrictions restrictions for men? Um, because on the other side, I've I've heard a lot about that too, like men wanting to go out to the club and the women's like, uh, why do you want to go out all the time without me? Does it apply both ways? Differently. It's different. Okay. Um, one because it's let me let me structure how I want to say this so to start (laughs) if as a man you let your woman set rules for you she's going to lose respect for you if you have certain if she's voicing that she's upset and that she doesn't like when you go to the club that's one thing and then you deciding to not go as often because you care different story her telling you you can't go to the club is basically like her being your boyfriend you know, you're the one who makes the decisions to protect, like you're not in danger in the club, right? As a grown man, like it's your job to protect her and yourself, right? No one's going to, if I go to the club, nobody's going to rape me. Nobody's drugging me to have sex with me. Nobody. It's never, ever going to happen. Unless Maybe like zero, 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 one percent If I go to some like weird club or whatever, I don't know, but realistically it's not going to happen to me. And also I'm, you know, men are usually a lot more aware. I'm not going to be like, oh, he drink, like I'm buying my own drinks. So yeah, at that point, you know, so it's less dangerous. That's one. Two, um, let me see how I want to structure this too. Um, well, on that same point, actually, before I move on, if you do let her set rules for you, she's going to stop being attracted to you. Like when you go out to the club, even if she doesn't like it, even if she says she doesn't like that you go to the club because you're talking to girls or doing whatever, low key, if she tries to set rules for you and you don't listen and you go anyway, it makes you more attractive to her. Even if she doesn't like the idea that you're doing it, still low-key is attracted to the guy who doesn't listen to her. That sounds toxic. <laughs> that sounds like 
if I had issues, that would be the case. That actually used to be the case for me when I had issues. <laughs> now I would now be don't like- Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. This isn't like a, I'm not like, don't take the exaggerated version of this as like the general version of this. I'm not saying like a guy who never listens to his girl and just like is always like talking to a bunch of girls and always just being like a douche about it, like bringing other girls home or like going out to the club all the fucking time. But like certain times, like often when we go to the club, it's, it's again, it's a status thing. You go out with the guys, you're going there for, to talk, you know, to make form a relationship with a guy who you want to do business with, um, things like that. Guys go to the club for different reasons than girls go to the club often. Um, don't get me wrong. Guys Why go to the club to get laid. The same, if like... you're trying to get laid, the club isn't the best place to get laid as a guy. Like if you're trying to go meet girls, the club is, in my opinion, one of the worst places to go meet girls. But isn't it the same thing like the... Uh, why would you, if you're going out to do business, why would you do business in a club? Like, isn't it the same? Like, why, why would you have to be around other girls in order to do business? I mean, that's fair. I'll say the difference. I mean, guys like, guys like to go to the club. <laughs> guys like to look at girls. I mean, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, guys like to enjoy beautiful women. So it's not like guys are always there, like to try to get laid because realistically, if you're trying to just get laid, it's really hard to do at the club. The worst, the best case scenario is like you get a girl's number and you meet her, but like you only talk to her for two seconds and then like something happens later. But like realistically, like if a girl wants to get laid, she can go to the club and get laid. If a guy wants to get laid, like you're, you're going to go one for 99, one for a hundred. You know what I mean? Like you're going to talk to a hundred girls to maybe get with the one girl who's ready to get laid tonight. But, but it's not even like we're. I mean, we can be talking about someone actually cheating, but in the, in the scenario with the woman, it wasn't even like the woman going and cheating. It was like the woman being looked at. Wait. So like, it, it kind of sounds like it's like the woman being looked at by other guys is not okay, but the man looking at the woman is okay. Like why, where's, why, why is it that dichotomy? Cause it's not a threat to the relationship. Like a guy looking at a girl, he's not like ready to leave his girl. Right. Whether he's there like with his friends or whatever he's doing, he's there to have fun. Like he's not there to look for a better relationship. Right. It's that concept of women. If she wants to go to the club without you, she's looking for something better. If a guy's going to the club without his girl, he's not looking for something better. He's not like looking for a girl to replace his girlfriend. Why? Wait, why? Because there's got to be guys out there that kind of are. Hey, and so it's just many not guys- a male sexual strategy. Like we I just don't like, operate like-, like that. What? Like, it's just not the typical male sexual strategy to have a placeholder girlfriend. Okay. Whereas, like, women tend to have the placeholder boyfriend. Like, guys usually don't do that. Like, guys won't keep a girl around if they don't like her just because, like, they'll keep her around until they get a new girl. Like, it usually doesn't work that way. How would you explain acquaintances' boyfriends hitting on you? Because this has happened to me you would not believe how many times and it has definitely traumatized me a little bit in the trust arena but like what's that about so you're saying like your acquaintances boyfriends hitting on you yeah like this happened people people that you know that like you're not that close to yeah like acquaintances okay i mean one i guess it's like you know they're not that close to you so like they're just like whatever but i mean like i said it's not uncommon for men to get with girls when they have girlfriends I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's a common thing guys do. Like usually women, if they want to get with somebody else, it's because they want out of the relationship and they're looking for something better. Oftentimes guys, if they get with girls on the side when they have a main girl, it's usually not because they want to leave her. It's realistically just because they want sex. 
Okay. And I'm not um, saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's like what it is. Okay. That, that sounds like a pretty good reason for me to not want my guy to ever go to the club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's not uncommon for guys to cheat on their girlfriend, then why the fuck would I want, why the fuck would I trust? And look, you guys, like, my goal is to be in a relationship where there's mutual trust and all that. But I'm, I'm saying for the, to speak for the other side here, why, why would I trust that? Like, why would I trust my man being in the club if it's common for guys to cheat on their girlfriends? Like, I mean, some people would argue that a guy getting with a girl with another girl isn't necessarily cheating because guys and girls show loyalty to each other in different ways. So like well, sexual exclusivity people that are cool with that there's no way that i'm cool with that so i guess at the end of the day it's really like you have to suss out like who you're dealing with yeah and i i do love that point that you made on our first episode of like if a guy's not letting you go out or he's 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 exhibiting behavior that you don't like um or let's say he's not letting you go out and you really want to be able to go out without him then it's not like his fault. It's just like find a different person who who behaves a different way. Like, why are you staying with the person if you don't like what they do and how they are and what their instincts are? I think that makes yeah. so much sense. Like, that's such a great um, strategy. Like, to me, if someone is like, I, I like monogamy and I, I don't, I'm not into po polygamy or anything like that. I don't want a guy having multiple women I don't want to have multiple men. Uh, so I would just not, I wouldn't like try to stay with someone who really wants that, even if they didn't act on it, but I knew they really wanted at the end of the day to have multiple people. I just wouldn't be with them. I would, I, I'm like, go explore. Your values have to be aligned. Yeah, there has to be similar values. And I mean, realistically, this is stuff you should talk about before you consider a relationship with someone For you should sure. know that you want the same things you should know that you have the same outlook on life you should or at least similar you should know that you want the same things in the long term like if that's not the case like why are you even in a relationship you're wasting your time because you know it's not going to work because you don't have the same values like okay. attraction and similar values are two things that are like almost non-negotiable in a relationship actually forget the word almost like they're non-negotiable in a relationship yeah. if the relationship is going to work you have to want the same things um additionally i'll say this just to clarify uh if a guy doesn't want you going to the club without him usually that guy doesn't like to go to the club. <laughs> like I don't, I don't go to the club often, barely ever. Only like if I'm on vacation or I'm with like my brother and sister, cause they like to go out. Like sometimes on a holiday, I'll go out with them just to have a good time. I drink water. Like I'm not a big club guy. Um, I, there was a period of time where I was, but like, I'm not like not a huge club guy these days. And realistically the same kind of thing. Like if you like going to the club, and that's like your thing. You like going to the club, like just for the sake of going to the club and dancing, go with your fucking boyfriend, date someone who likes to go to the club and go with them. If your thing is like, you specifically like the club to go dance, go with your boyfriend, date someone who likes to go too. I know people that are couples that date each other and they go to the club together and they go home with each other and they have fun and they, they hang out with their friends still. And they still get to go to the club and they're not cheating on each other because they're with each other. Now I think still as a guy, it's risky. You got to keep her close. If you're, if you're the girl and you're out with your man at the club, stay by his side. Cause he ain't going to like, if you're like gallivanting around the club, like you ain't doing laps, you know, things like that. But like, realistically, like that's the solution. If you really want to just go to the club and dance, go with your boyfriend. And if you're dating a guy who likes to go to the club and you insist on going with the girls without him, red flag. Why you want to go without him? If it's not for the attention of other guys, go with him. Now, 
if you're a guy and you don't like to go to the club and your girl insists on going to the club without you, the solution is not to go to the club with her. Conforming to like what she wants to do and just being like, I'm going to go to the club because she wants to go makes you look like a bitch. Like, don't do that. Don't be that guy. Um, my recommendation, my opinion. Um, <laughs> my opinion is because either way she's there. Because either way, she's there for the attention of other guys anyway, and you tagging along isn't going to fix that. Right, right. That makes sense. So the the red flag is still a red flag whether or not you go. However, like if you guys, in the beginning of your relationship, like you meet at the club and you're like, oh, we both love to go to the club and you go to the club together, then like, you know, with your group of friends or whatever, it's like, it's cool, I guess. Um, I think, you know, you can do better things with your life, but, um, you know. Let's be real about that. Like. The fact that we're talking about clubs so much, like neither of our favorite yeah, things like, to do at all. Realistically, like I, I mean, yeah, like it's not, it's not overwhelming <laughs> for my life personally, but it's common. I mean, a lot of people do like to go out, yeah. so it's it's you know, common and it's, it's relevant for sure. Yeah, so that's okay. that's my stance on it. So I just wanted to clarify that it's like I don't even go to the club. Like I don't even like to go to the club. So a, yeah. a lot of guys, like, you know, especially like if you're gonna be a girl and date a guy who doesn't like to go to the club. Like, you know, he's not going to want you to go to the club also because he doesn't even want to go. Right. Why would he want you to go? Right. right. Usually if a guy doesn't want to go out, doesn't go to the club, it's because he thinks drinking is a waste of time, thinks there's nothing good that comes out of it. It's a waste of time, waste of money, waste of, you know, like fucking up your sleep schedule, whatever it is, you know, dangerous environment, all those reasons. If he's not even going there himself, what makes you think he wants you to go there? Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you're going to choose a guy to date, you want to choose a guy whose life you want to be a part of. So again, it's kind of like the guy is like the masculine, like the the unchanging force that is coming through life no matter what. And the feminine kind of comes along for the ride and makes it all pretty and beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're a girl and you're looking for a guy to date, you want to date a guy whose life you want to be a part of, not a guy who you want to turn into you. On the other hand, guys usually want to influence their girl. He wants to be the one who teaches her how to be or how to like the things that he likes, take him along for the things that he likes and the places that he wants to go, things like that. Um, as a girl who's trying to win over a guy, doing things that he likes is a great way to, to keep a guy around, being interested in what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. And as a guy, doing that in reverse kind of isn't always the best idea because she sometimes often loses, loses respect for you as a result. Um, and this is not like, I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I'm just describing what I've seen in human nature. And, you know, based on like talking to a lot of people about these things, like in person and, um, you know, looking into some of these topics, this is just like aspects of human nature that being aware of can, uh, potentially save you from a fucking headache. Yeah. I think a lot of this, a lot of this just boils down to like be very careful about who you get into a relationship with I feel like people are not doing that but kind of like you said if if alcohol is involved if like okay this is my personal opinion if alcohol and smoking weed and mind-altering substances are like a regular part of your life your judgment is going to be crap (laughs) like I, I just think that for most people if their life revolves around partying and all that you don't even know who you're getting into a relationship with because you can't fully think. So it's just like, I think a great answer for literally everything we're talking about and literally all the arguments that people could have against what you're saying, Nick, is like, just 
be careful about who you get into a relationship with. Find someone who you won't have this crap with. Like things will come up for sure to work through, but like find someone who likes to do what you do. You like to do it. They, you have similar interests. You don't even have to worry. I think for women who are like, I don't want to feel like I'm conforming to a guy. Well, what if you start dating a guy who you guys both like homesteading or you guys both like something and then you can just, it's natural for both people. Exactly. And I mean, as a girl, conforming to a guy isn't necessarily a bad thing. And all I like times, it, like I just think a lot of women like, you know, there's something there that bothers them. Yeah. And honestly, by doing so, you kind of make give yourself a better relationship with men overall in the first place. Like when you allow a man to lead, right? And you let him be right, like let him show you that he's right, right? If he tells you not to do something or he tells you that like he wants you to do this thing, or you know, he asks you to do something for him. And you do it and it ends up working out for both of you and you give him that opportunity to show you that he's right by listening to him, it makes him more attractive to you. The more that you defer things to him and allow him to show up and solve the problem or allow him to give you the answer and take his answer and try it out and let it work, he becomes more and more attractive to you. You like him more and more and more. And then additionally, um, like in service to a man, you, you start loving him even more. So it's like, you know, when you make food for your man and you watch him eat that food, knowing he's been busy working all day and doing things and he like, you know, you made it easy for him so he didn't have to cook and you just like put the food on the table for him. There it is. And you're watching him enjoy the food that you make. And you're like, wow, this is really fucking good. Like women love that. That like gives you purpose in life. It like it's actually really fulfilling for women to experience that. So a lot of girls are like, oh, like, why would you serve a man? What are you, a slave? It's like, no, they like it makes you happy to do that. It's fulfilling to do that. It's not like, why do we demonize things that are normal and healthy? It's unhealthy to make dinner for your guy who works all day to pay for the house you live in. Like it's not rocket science. That's an awesome trade-off. Like, can I just say that? That's an amazing trade-off in my eyes. Like I get to chill and cook and like be artistic in the kitchen. And in turn, a guy pays for all like the house and goes out and does the job that like I definitely wouldn't want to do. That's amazing. <laughs> like, it's amazing to me that there are men out there that want to do that. I'm like, this is such a good deal, you know, like to go out to garden, to take care of the kids, cook. That's an awesome deal. It's, I don't know. I think yeah. I'm really Don't get me wrong. I mean, being a really good housewife and mother is no easy task. There's it's a lot hard of work. It's hard and work. And again, traditionally, right, there were more jobs that the woman had to do. Now it's a lot easier, right? Like, you don't have to know how to make fabric. You don't have to weave baskets and like make clothes and sheets. Like you could go to Kohl's and your man could give you the credit card and you can buy the sheets and the right. clothes. So it's like, you know, your job is even easier than it would ever be. And it's demonized even more. Like it's easier. A lot of the things that women traditionally had to do, they don't have to do anymore because there's companies that do it now. Now, we could argue the quality and whether or not it's still worthwhile to do it on your own. I still think it would be better to do it on your own. However, there are companies that have pretty high-quality shit. Like, you can get pretty good linen, silk, cotton clothes yeah. that are high-quality shit, um, you know. And, I mean, you could say you still do laundry, but, I mean, it's not really that hard to throw clothes in a fucking washing machine and press the button. Like, you're not washing clothes by hand anymore and hanging everything on the clothesline and taking it down and folding and doing all this shit. It's like you have washing machines and dryers now. It's like entirely different. So even the housewife job has gotten significantly easier. But I would also argue, I mean, perhaps, I would say it's different now. The, the providing thing is a little different now too, 
where you just have to make money. You don't have to like go hunt a buffalo and carry it home in a backpack in pieces and like, you know, do like some of these other things. You don't have to like sleep with one eye open at night because if someone, you know, you know, you only you're living in a tent. And if you hear footsteps, you got to get out and be like, the fuck was that? Like, you know, like you don't have to do that anymore um, because you have a house with alarms and cameras and whatever. And like, you know, shit like that, like you have a gun next to your bed, like whatever. If somebody comes in, like, you know, they're getting smoked. It's a lot easier to be a protector and provider now as well. Um, so all of the jobs have gotten easier. So like, why are we like that bugged out about them? I mean, don't get me wrong. Making money is by no means easy. It still requires a lot of consistency and hard work, so but it's, hard. it's different. It's less physically demanding. Um yeah. So depending on what your job is, I, you know, obviously there's going to be the guy in the comments who's like, I, you know, you got to work hard to make money physically. You, you can, but you don't have to like, you know, right. so it depends. Like you just have to be competent in a field enough to, to like, you know, solve a problem for people and make money as back in the day, it would be like, you have, you had to solve your own problems. Now you can solve other people's problems and get like problem solving tokens and then use that to buy shit to solve your problems. <laughs> So it's an interesting world we live in today, but uh, at the end of the day, I think when it comes to relationship dynamics, it's not just that we should just be like, choose someone who's like, who we already like to that degree. I think for men, it's really hard. Like it's, it's going to be really hard to find a woman who really loves everything that you love, especially because men and women typically have different interests. But I think one of the main things that you can look for in a girl who's going to be your wife one day or a girl who you really want to take serious for a long-term relationship, she has to at least be coachable and be like interested in what you're interested in. Like just for the sake of the fact that you're interested in it and want to go along for the ride, because otherwise, if she like hates the things you do or bashes your hobbies or things like that, like you're always going to resent that. Obviously. And she's always going to resent that. It's just always not going to be good. On the other hand, really, as a guy, the only time you bash your girl's hobbies is if they get in the way of your relationship or like of her happiness. So it's like, you know, the only thing like if I was going to date a girl, the only things that I would ever bash as far as hobbies that she's doing is like drugs, drinking smoking too much weed, hanging out with friends that aren't good people, like that aren't good influences on her, like friends that are single and lonely and miserable and older than her. Um, things that like are not good for her. Like they're not even really hobbies. They're just bad habits. Like those are the only things as a boyfriend that I would bash. If like I was dating a girl and she wanted to do like fucking anything, like, you know what I mean? Go ahead, have fun, do your hobby, do your thing, like whatever. Um, I even think like for women having jobs, it's not like a bad thing for a woman to have a job as long as she still prioritizes the family. Like if you want to be a gymnastics teacher and you want to go teach kids how to do flips and shit, like by all means, go work three, four days a week and go do gymnastics. But as long as there's food on the table at night, as long as your main jobs are still done. And as long as like you're still present in the family and in the relationship, like that's fine. If you like need to do that for fun, for like your enjoyment of life, then go ahead and do it. Like we live in the modern world. You know, there's a lot of fun things to do. Um, and your guys are not going to love all the things that you want to do or like, you know, have the same like things. If you want to go to do other shit, whatever it is, like you want to do art, you want to paint, you want to do dance, you want to like, I don't know, whatever, go do it. <laughs> you know, it's like hobbies are healthy. Those are good things. You can build skills and you can have the confidence of being like accomplishing new things. Now, don't get me wrong. I would very much prefer that that girls come and do my hobbies with me. However, there are some hobbies that I do that most girls will never do with me. Yeah, great point. I love that. Um, so I think it's a lot more important, like based on like whether you're the girl or the guy, like to to consider certain factors. Yeah, that's cool. It's a good point. Um, I want to get to this point that I think people will for sure have a problem with. Some people. Um, you said that it will help a man's status if he is with a woman who does not speak unless spoken to. Explain. <laughs> Okay. Um, 
I meant this specifically in a public context, right? So let's say like I'm going to an important meeting or an important like social event to network, right? I have a really beautiful girl next to me. If she's interrupting the conversation, it makes me look bad, especially if she's saying something that has nothing to do with the conversation. And realistically, if I'm meeting with other professionals in my niche, like she doesn't have the expertise to really speak on the conversation. So if she butts in, it usually is like the guys are like, fuck she's saying like it kind of it doesn't make you look good so if someone talks to her and says oh hey how are you whatever nice necklace whatever whatever oh thank you like whatever you know yeah the kids are great whatever like that kind of stuff small talk is great but realistically in that context in that situation it doesn't make you look good if your girl is interrupting you or like speaking to other dudes like if i'm having a conversation with somebody and she's like over there having a conversation with some other dude like it's, it's not a good look for me yeah it's like why is she over there like talking to other dudes like she should be by you so it's not like a huge thing, like don't speak unless spoken to like a fucking robot, like pet. It's kind of like in that situation, it's just etiquette to not do it. Um, it doesn't mean in the house, you don't speak unless he asks you to do something. <laughs> like when you're home, obviously you're human beings. It's basically just in like a, like a professional social context. Or like if he has like his guy friends over and they're having a conversation for you to like be the only girl there. Cause it's like your, your man's house. And you're like butting into the conversation and trying to like hang out with the dudes. It's like, it's not your place. Like don't, you know, it's, it's not etiquette. It doesn't make your guy look good. So it's not that like, you can't do it. You know what I mean? It's not like it's never appropriate to speak unless spoken to. It's kind of just like a general like thing. You know what I mean? Like if you come in and nobody's speaking to you and you're like, Hey, hey do you guys want drinks? Do you guys want water? You guys want raw milk? We got we got milk on deck. You know, like if you come in and they're in the middle of a conversation and you say that, they're like, you know, it's not like embarrassing for the guy or make him look good or like take away his status. However, it's, you know, there's context to it, of course. Everything I ever say is nuanced. There's no like blank and like blanket black and white statement that actually applies to everything in life ever. Right. And I guess like from a Except that sunscreen is bad. What? <laughs> sunscreen is always bad. <laughs> that you. one is that one is black and white. <laughs> right. I've been having this conversation too lately. Um, so in the business context, that makes sense. And I would like. Or even social. Sense. You know what I mean? If you're at the club and you're like talking to somebody, having a conversation, like she shouldn't be going off, like talking to other people or going to like dance by herself. If you're like talking, just like stay there and just be, be near me, wait till the conversation to go over and then like pay attention to you after. Here's the thing that I think, here's the context that I think the most people would have an issue with. You're with your guy and you're going to a group of his friends and it's just friendly and everyone's talking mm -hmm. i don't i i would i'm actually here's a, here's the interesting thing nick i naturally do these things like as you as you're talking about all these situations i'm like i naturally do this naturally i'm like super super quiet if i go meet like other people's friends or like i'm in a situation that i'm not with like old friends I'm like so quiet and I, it's not because I feel like whatever, I just literally feel like I don't know these people. So I don't want to be outgoing or whatever. Anytime that I have been super outgoing to people that I don't know in a situation I'm not fully comfortable in, I've been forcing it. So let me put that out there. But then on the yeah. other hand, I think some people who do have more outgoing personalities, they'd be like, if I'm going with my boyfriend to the club or wherever and meeting friends and everyone's talking, I would feel comfortable enough to like, add in my opinion okay yeah it depends like i said on the context let's say like you guys were friends and had a similar friend group before you started dating entirely different story right because they're your friends too right or 
you know, let's say like you have like couples that are all friends, right? Like I'm here with my three boys and their girlfriends and the girlfriends are all friends and we're all friends. And like, we're like a group of friends and everybody like talks to each other. I talk to like, you know, his girlfriend, my girlfriend talks to him. Like it's different because it's like a close knit friend group where we all know each other and we're comfortable. And like, I know his girls here too. So it's like cool if he's talking to my girl because like his girl's talking to me. It's like, we're just friends. It's different than like going out into a public scenario where like, you're trying to be serious, talking to somebody, build relationships with people as a man. And your girl's like gallivanting around being distracting. It's hard for you as a man to focus on building that relationship and being present in the conversation you're having when you're like, where the fuck is my girl? She's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's, it's context entirely. Because yes. um, business is like, I can't say it's just a business thing. It is a social thing, yeah. but it's not because sometimes you could be social with somebody and there's not necessarily specific business ties, but it's like an important person who you want to be friends with, who's like going to get you in the right room with the right people or something like that. Networking is really important for guys for, you know, acquiring status and, you know, just bringing your career forward. And for a girl to understand that it's like me building this relationship is often more important than you not having fun sitting next to me for five minutes. Right. Right. Like the fun you'll have from talking to somebody for a couple minutes while we're out here is a lot less important than me building this relationship and making a solid foundation of, you know, a bond with this person who's going to put me in a position to, you know, improve our lives. Yeah, it's a in very interesting way of looking at it. Um, okay. Where do I want to take this now? All right. So let's go. I wrote this question down. No one gave it to me. I wrote it down but it's making less and less sense to me <laughs> over time. But let's just see what you have to say about it. Um, okay. If you had to guess what percentage of men are equipped to make sound decisions for a family? I wrote this because I think, <laughs> I don't know. I think there are people out there who just, I think there are women out there who are like, I kind of feel smarter than a lot of guys out there. Not that guys are dumb, just like there are really smart women out there that feel like more tactical and maybe they feel like their man is good at some things, but they're better with like strategy or something like that. Um, I think this again goes back to like, just choose someone who's, who's you, you feel like is smarter than you, or you feel like you would want to take direction from, but do you have any thoughts about this? I mean, on that, definitely women always want to date up. That's just like always the thing. Like, if a girl makes more money, she still wants a guy who makes more money than her. If she's tall, she still wants a guy that's taller than her. If she's smart, she wants a guy who's smarter than her. Like she wants to be humbled and dominated by her guy in every single way. That's like usually what happens. Um, almost like, you know, I've never met someone, a girl who specifically wants a guy who's shorter than her. Some girls are like, I don't care. I'll date a shorter guy if he, if he checks every other box. But like, they're not like, I prefer short guys, <laughs> you know? So things like that. Um, yeah, if you're like a super smart girl, you might, you know, want to get an even smarter guy. Um, but oftentimes I feel like a lot of girls think they're a lot smarter than they are too, but that's a different topic of discussion. Um, and like, not to say that guys don't think that way either, but it's more common in girls, I think. Guys are a lot more realistic. Yeah, I think that it's a thing of like, I think that can be like a thing to work through just in general. Like, I think when people have a habit of being like, oh, I'm smarter than them, I'm smarter than them. I don't think that's like a great, well, I mean, you can speak for the men, but I just don't think that's like a good quality. I've, I felt like that in the past. And I realized that I was overlooking a lot of stuff. Like, why am I even thinking about that? I don't know. It's just, I don't think it's like helpful necessarily. And I think it's like kind of a sign of like, I don't, I don't think it's like a super healthy sign. I think it's like a, a kind of coming from an insecure place or something or like where, how do I want to describe this? Kind of like, putting down other people or trying to feel like you're better than other people 
I feel like that has happened in the past to me. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like women are a lot, very competitive with each other. Um, and that kind of like deters them from guys a lot. Like a lot of the things that women do are to compete with each other. So like a girl like wants to get all these experiences and go on these yachts and go to Dubai and do all this shit and post about it really just to flex on other girls. And then dudes are like, who paid for that shit? Like, how is she doing all that? Like, it's kind of like we get turned off by girls who live extravagant lifestyles to some degree. Um, and then like girls like do that thinking that we like it, but realistically they're only impressing girls. It's kind of like the equivalent of guys that do like insane amounts of steroids to get like so fucking big and like girls don't even like that shit. It's really just to impress other guys at that point. So it's kind of like there is like, it goes on both sides. I guess that would be the equivalent, but it definitely happens. Um, and like I said, I think a lot of girls often like overinflate like their intelligence and think they're a lot smarter than they are. And I mean, guys do this too, but usually less often. And I guess it, it is kind of based on an insecurity thing. Um, and also I feel like a lot of girls don't really allow a guy to ever lead. So they never really get to see his full, like his intelligence and his ability to make decisions. Like if you never defer to him, you'll never see his potential to actually lead you. So it's like guys, girls that are like, oh, guys can't be good leaders. They're not really equipped to be good leaders. Like, have you ever been led by a guy? So that, and then additionally, I would say, um, if I would to say like what percentage of guys do I think are equipped to make sound decisions? I mean, first off, like at what age group, like I think guys in their twenties significantly less than guys in their thirties and above, but I would say like most guys that are 35, 40 and older, like 95%. Not, I mean, Jeez. guys that aren't in jail, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like guys that are like your ad, like your normal guy who's like 35 or older is a usually a pretty sound decision maker. If he makes like a decent amount of money, like a regular fucking dude who has a job and like a family, like usually a pretty good decision maker. Um, overall, like how to like run a family, pretty solid. Um, guys in their twenties, not as good. Um, but I mean, that's part of the learning process. You go through your twenties. Like it's the first time that you're an adult you make your own decisions. You have to make a lot of mistakes and go through shit and work hard and build your, you know, your life together and figure out how to be a good decision maker. So, I mean, if you're going to date a guy who's 20 years old and expect him to be like a family leader, like he's probably not that guy. However, if you're going to date a young guy, you got to just be aware of the fact, like if you're an 18 year old girl and you want to date like a 21, 22 year old guy, like be aware that he's still young. He's still in his twenties. He has a lot of learning to do and you're coming along for the ride. He might lead you in a wrong direction in a couple ways, but he's going to learn and figure it out. Whereas if you're going to date a guy who's 30, 35 or older, like he's pretty much made those mistakes already. So he's a pretty sound decision maker. Um, I would say if we're going to compare percentages, like compared to like women, I would say like if they blow women out of the water of who's like a better decision maker overall for like to, to provide and protect a family, like to be like an overall decision maker and leader. I think it's, it's not even close. The percentage of men that are equipped to do that versus the percentage of women that are equipped to do that. Okay. Okay. It's That's not like a sexist thing. It's just, a, it's just realistic. And please nobody say in the comments that I fucking hate women. I love women. <laughs> I just think that we have our strengths and our weaknesses and decision-making and leading is a weakness for women. Okay. Well, it's and a strength for men. Huh? And, a, and it's a strength for men. Okay. It's encouraging what you say about the amount of men that have the capabilities because, yeah, I think that's good. Um, Oftentimes, too, that comes out when he actually feels valued and respected. So it's like you if you're like the type of girl who wants to go to the club even though you have a boyfriend, like why are you expecting him to be the best leader? You're not even listening to him. So it's like, you know, you have to like put him in the position to be the leader and let him feel the status of 
being the head of the household and being the guy that you listen to and deferring to him and letting him solve problems for you, then you'll see the best of him. Then you'll see that it's actually in his instincts to actually be able to guide you and know what's best for you. Right. Right. That's cool. That's like a great piece of advice. <laughs> and you can always tell if a guy is a good decision maker for you by how he's a decision maker for himself. Mm. Guys that are basically this, a good way to tell this for a guy is his physique. If he's jacked and not on steroids, yeah. there's a pretty good chance he has some pretty solid foundational qualities. Nice. Discipline, work ethic, intelligence. Like a lot of these things are, I mean, intelligence, not as much as some other things, but it, you have to be decently intelligent to know how to work out properly to obtain yeah. a specific physique, how to eat right, things like that. So having a solid physique is a sign that you have a lot of these qualities. Also having money is a sign that you have these qualities. Also having, you know, women like to use uh, like social proof. So if you have a lot of like friends that are also good people, or you have like a bunch of girls around you or girls that want you, those are also other signs that you like already pre-qualify with these things. Um, so for girls that are looking for a guy, I mean, you realistically already do this without knowing it, whether or if you don't know it, yeah. but those are all things that kind of like make you, you know, want things in a guy or want a guy for those things. Yeah. So, yeah. It's there's ways to like pre-select and determine. But I will say this as well. It's a very recent phenomenon that females are allowed to mate select on their own. Traditionally, women were always given their man by their family. The father, the brothers, the family was always making the decision of who was best for her. And they would pre-vet her or pre-vet him for her. So they would be like, is he a good guy? Does he have these values? They talk to him. They, you know, whatever. He has to ask the father to marry her, to have her. Those were the traditional conservative ways of going through things. So now that women are mate selecting on their own based on the trends that we see in society today, they're not that good at it, but it's because they don't have a lot of practice. Like most of your mothers or, you know, great grandmothers didn't mate select on their own or great, great grandmothers, depending on where you're from and how recent, like, you know, this became a thing, but like, it's not in women's evolution for like hundreds of thousands of years where you were mate selecting on your own. Yeah. It was either your family was doing it for you or your civilization got entirely conquered and the guys that took over just took you and now you're theirs. That's like realistically the only way that it happens. And that's the equivalent of you going to a club and some other guy swooping you up and saying, I'm better than him. I'm taking you. Yeah. They're not killing each other. They're not coming in your tent and killing your mans and then taking you for himself. It's, it's just a different way of kind of the same thing happening. Less violent way. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. So but instead of being dead, he has to see it happen. Right. Might be, it might be just as bad, if not worse. <laughs> for some guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I I have a hard out soon, Nick, which is unfortunate because I know we've talked about just keep going as far as possible, but I had to schedule something at 3.30. Um, so yeah. for sake of time, I want, I really want to ask this question. It's going to be a good one. And then I want to talk about what you're doing in your business. Um, right, cool. We can always do another episode if there's more questions. I'm guessing there will be more questions. We yes, we'll just keep this continual, like hitting all the arguments. Yeah. That'll be so fun. I love doing yeah, it. This is cool. I'm here for it. Okay, sweet. Um, all right. So if men want a virgin to marry, but sleep with a lot of other women beforehand, aren't they perpetuating quote unquote, whole culture? Okay, this is a good question and a good topic. It's um, being talked about a lot in the traditional world. Yeah, first of all, um, realistically, trying to find a virgin to marry is unrealistic. Like, you're 
it's really tough to find a virgin who's going to marry you, especially if you're not overly religious from a religious family who has other like relationships with their religious families. Like you're not going to find it, bro. Um, you know, unless you're like going, even if you go to other countries, you might still not even find one. So it's, wow. it's tough. It's, it's really tough to find a virgin. So yes, ideally we talk about how we want virgins, but realistically you're not going to find one and you're going to have to come to terms with that. And honestly, for some guys listening to this and for me, even thinking about this kind of makes you sick to your stomach. Like you really can't, like, we're still doing just as much of the work, if not more work to obtain like a woman and to build a family and we can't even get a virgin. So it's like, whatever. Um, but at this point as well, a lot of the guys that recommend that you have experience with women prior to getting married is really just so you don't get finessed. Like the way that divorce courts and like the way that society is, is structured now and the way that things are moving, like as a guy to get married, you have a very high amount of risk to get married as a woman. You have basically no risk at all to get married as a guy. You have a lot of risk, like half your assets, you know, the ability to have like access to your own kids, everything could be taken away from you. Right. In the right. Even if you did fucking nothing wrong, a girl could literally just lie and say you hit her once and then boom, your whole family's taken away from you. Half your assets, all your shit, your relationship is tarnished. Your, uh, your, what's the word? Not relationship. Your reputation is tarnished. All these things can happen just because like a girl like decides to fuck you over. So like who you marry is very, very important. And it's a very, very big risk because you can lose everything um, or most things. Well, everything important to you. So it's something that men need to tread very lightly with. And realistically, the more bodies a girl has, it seems the worse she is at mate selection, obviously, because she picked a bunch of dudes that weren't the guy. Um, you know, lack of decision-making usually associated with certain aspects of lifestyle, going out to the clubs or doing certain things, um, substance abuse, um, you know, women with higher body counts are more likely to be on like antidepressant medication, um, like Xanax or, or other things. So it's not like, it's not like we need to demonize girls that do that. It's just that like, as a guy who's looking to pick one woman to be his wife, the mother of his children, the woman who he's going to commit to and invest into for his entire life or for her entire life you got to pick smart. And it's like, almost like you're hiring someone to be your right hand, to be your lifetime teammate. You got to pick smart. You want to, you know, if you were going to hire someone, you want to pick someone with a, a decent credit score. You want to pick someone with a, you know, with good work experience or with, uh, I mean, you know, who's like, has favorable relationships with other people who comes from a good family or whatever it is. Like you want to see these foundational aspects of life um, in this person who you're going to choose and having a super high body count is just a reflection of, you know, some other non-favorable attributes. And it's not to say that people can't change, but generally speaking, they don't. And there's a lot of things that girls with high body counts tend to do. And again, this is a, just a general statement, not like there's obviously exceptions always. But like a lot of times girls with high body counts who have dealt with a lot of guys don't have the same respect for you. They'll be louder. They'll cut you off. They'll talk more. They won't be as respectful for boundaries because they know they have other options. They're like, oh, I could get a million dudes. Like, why would I listen to you? It's it's a different thing as if like a girl who has lower body count is more like, wow, like he's like one of the only guys in my life who's ever wowed me. I look up to him. I value him. He's the guy, right? Every guy wants to be looked at by his wife as like Superman. And a girl who's been through a hundred dudes is like, are, are you better? Like, you know, and a lot of times often girls that have high body counts have gotten with a guy who's probably higher status than you, better than you, who she still thinks is better than you. Like a lot of times these girls can have sex with Drake or have sex with some kind of like pro athlete. And she'll always be comparing you to that guy. And she'll always think that she deserves that 
until eventually she's getting older and she settles for some dude who's just going to tolerate her shit like that. She's just going to tolerate and then always be like, he's not him. So in that case, when you have a guy, a girl who has like 50, hundred bodies, like one of them was probably like that dude who just like brushed her off because she was a hoe. And like, she'll always be thinking about that dude and not you. And that's oh. something that's seriously undesirable. Even you, like, you're like thinking about this. You're like, damn, that sounds fucking awful. And it does. <laughs> Cause it is like, that's like what the way we think so about depressing. it. Like, we do value purity and it's not just like a purity thing. Like, Oh, we want a virgin. It's like the things that come with that are more important than that itself. It's not just the body count thing. It's the thing that come with the body count. I have a lot of questions. We're going to have to to be continued this, but I will say that. Okay. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. You you say what you got to say to close this out. Okay. Yeah. So basically like us wanting to have like a virgin or at least like wanting to marry a girl with a low body count, but then also like fucking hoes. Like the reason why this is a thing is because they exist anyway. Someone's got to get with them. Oh I mean, my God. What a dismal end to this. No, that, was, that was kind of a joke, but at the same time, um, it's kind of always been a thing in society. It's always been looked at poorly and it's never been favorable for women in any society to be promiscuous it's never been glorified until like now and now it's even it's not even glorified but like more than it ever has been and realistically now in order for guys to be able to handle a girl experience wise they kind of have to gain experience with women so the reason for that is like even if a girl is a virgin which she's not going to be but let's say she has like two two previous boyfriends by the time she's like 18 20 years old like literally hundreds of thousands of dudes have hit on her she goes out places like she's taught she has a lot of experience in the dating marketplace or in the social marketplace because she's gotten so much attention so even if she doesn't have a lot of bodies she hasn't had that much she's had so much attention whereas as a guy most girls want a guy who's more experienced Right. So let's say today in the modern world, the average girl has like 25 bodies. Right. The average like 21, 22 year old, even like we'll, even stretch average? It to, well, yeah, we'll, we'll stretch it to even like 25. The average 25 year old girl, like 25 bodies, maybe. I mean, like I personally I know girls like from college that like you could catch like 25, 50 bodies in a semester. Like for, for really hot girls, especially in areas like where they're like big party schools, like girls are catching that's what i was gonna ask too women with higher body counts do they tend to be more attractive no i I mean realistically like attractiveness is just like pretty much based on looks it's it's not really like because they have the opportunity to get with more people so they do well not necessarily because pretty much every girl has equal opportunity to get laid like even hot like hot girls obviously have like better options but like you could be like an overweight girl you could be obese and still get laid every day if you want like there will still be like you can go out to the club and th- the last guy in the bar at the end of the night will still get with you. Like, you know, so like it's still way easier. You still have way more experience. Um, and for that, I mean, since girls want guys with more experience than them, like if you, even if you're going to do like the age gap thing and get with like a younger girl who's still like young and you're like maybe 27, something like that, you, she still wants you to have more experience than her. Like if she's a virgin and doesn't know what she's doing, you got to know what you're doing. Somebody's got to know what they're doing. So usually – the guy should know what he's doing and teach the girl. Most guys don't want a girl who like knows how to fucking bend it over, bust it open, like do some crazy shit. Like 
guys don't really like it's like who who'd you learn this shit from who taught you how to suck dick like that like we don't like that shit it's it's kind of cool in the moment but like in the back of our head we're like i can't take this girl seriously where the fuck did she learn this mm. you know what i mean so it's it's tough and it's not to say that a girl with a high body count can't turn into a good wife one day again there's always exceptions however the exceptions don't make the rules so like generally speaking if you're going to take a chance on somebody a girl with a triple digit body count is most likely not the best option. That being said, some guys don't have options. So like, if you don't have options and you can't get a girl, the first girl that touches your pee-pee, you're going to be like, I'm going to marry her. She's the best. And you're not going to know any of these things. Like if you're like, I'm waiting for marriage because I want a virgin, you're going to you're gonna be a virgin at 40. And then the, the virgin girl, you finally come in contact with the girl who's like that girl and she's not even going to want you. So it's like, from that perspective, it's like, it's not the same for guys and girls. Like we shouldn't like wait for marriage as guys, especially not in today's world. You gotta be experienced. And um, Myron Gates from Fresh and Fit, he gets a lot of shit for his statement on like what guys need to do before they get married. Like he's like, he says like, you know, 50 girls before you get married, 35 years old, make six figures. Uh, What's the other one? Have like six months to a year's worth of savings. Um, And these things are... For guys, I mean, good strategies, like not really the end of the world. I mean, if the average girl, the average girl is 25, has a body count of 25, and that's average. A lot of girls are higher than that. You, you know, you need to be more experienced than her. So like 50 isn't that unrealistic of a number. I mean, if it's 45, it's not like that bad. But like, I mean, it's not that big of a deal like today. Um, and promiscuity definitely affects women a lot differently than it affects men. And I would also say this. It's not just about having sex with girls. That gives you experience with women. Because, I mean, you could be drunk in the club and go home with a girl and, like, you don't really learn nothing about women. Like, you know what I mean? It's not really like that. Oh, 100%. Especially if you're drunk. In my experience, I I personally think that, like, dating a girl for, like, a year or two, you'll learn a lot more about women than you will from fucking 20 girls in the club. And that's from my own experience. So, like, I mean, I think realistically both is cool because if you're only dating one girl in your younger years, then, like, you're only looking at her and you're not seeing the diversity – because most girls are seeing diversity anyway. Lots of different dudes are hitting on them. So again, like you need to be as a guy, ideally more sexually experienced than her. And these girls are getting a lot of experience. So you got to like almost one up her. And that's why I think also having a girl with a lower body count is even better because then it's less that you have to accumulate as well. Right. Like overall, if we're all doing less, we're all, we're all kind of better off. But I mean, it depends. Again, like there's nuance to this as well. Like when guys get to that tier where like the top one percenters where you're like, seriously, like that guy, like you're going to catch a lot of bodies. Like naturally, it's not like, you know what I mean? And it's not like that big of a compromise to your mission because you already are that guy. Like you're already succeeded. Like if you're Michael Jordan and you like have sex with some girl, like, does it really matter? Like you're still Michael Jordan. Like, wow. you know, so like for young guys, it's definitely not like, I just don't think it should be prioritized. I did a podcast. I actually haven't released it yet with, uh, this dude, Austin, his Instagram is uh, the high caliber man. And his big thing is like, don't waste your time with girls in your twenties, like build your wealth, build your body, like do what you got to do first. Um, I'm a little more nuanced in that. I think you shouldn't entirely avoid girls in your twenties. I just don't think you should prioritize it. Like, I think you should still be gaining experience with women. You should still be talking to women. You should still be like having sex. Like it's normal. You're in your twenties. You're in your like reproductive prime, basically in your late twenties. Um, and you should be talking to girls. You should be having sex. However, it shouldn't come first. But the thing is, a lot of guys make it come first because they can't do it. Like they've never had sex. Like if you're over like one, I think I said this on the last podcast, 
one out of every three guys aged 18 to 30 is a virgin or, or completely sexless, like not having sex at all. And that's not healthy. And realistically, it's only because either they can't do it or they're prioritizing their career or, or what their mission is. And that's also because a lot of these girls are distractions. Like a lot of these girls aren't ready to come into your life and be a deductive problem solver and make your life better and support your mission. Like most girls, if you're in your 20s, like a tw your 22 year old girlfriend is not ready to come in and make you dinner and make sure that you're taken care of and ask you about like how you're doing and, you know, kind of like nourish your mission and make sure that everything else is taken care of or fill in your gaps for you. Like she's not really, most girls are not coming in to solve those problems and be your wife and commit to you that early to like commit to the mission as a team player. Most of them just want you to fucking pay for their drinks, bring them somewhere fun, take them on the boat, like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, it's, that is a waste of time because you got more important things to do. You got to build. And most of these girls just want entertainment instead of like a husband. So for that reason, it's in a guy's best interest to prioritize his career and his, you know, mission so that he can build what he wants to build. And then he gets to choose from options. Once you're that guy, you have the opportunity to have the options so you can then choose and be more selective. If you're trying to pursue girls when you're in no position to be selective and you're just going to get with whatever will get with you, it's a really bad position to be in as a guy. Because then you do desperate things and desperation is just like, it makes you do really ridiculous things and put up with a lot of shit that no man should ever put up with. And then that makes it worse for your mission because you're doing things that you would never otherwise do. You're folding under your boundaries. You're letting your girl go to the club. You're literally like, I don't even stand for the things I want to stand for. And it makes it even harder to become the man you want to become and build the thing you want to build. It breaks you down, man. This is good. And we have, okay. So we have to, we have to pause this here, which I think is, it's a good place to pause because people are going to have yeah. opinions about this. Um, but Nick, before I have to go in like five minutes, but um, before that, I really want to hear about what you've been up to in your business and just for everyone to know what you do and how they can work with you if they want to. For sure. Yeah. So I basically am restructuring everything. So for those of you who don't know, I created the Topsy Academy, which is basically like an online school. It's a collection of educational resources with a community. So we have a discord, a couple hundred dudes in there now. And basically like we, we learn, I teach you guys a bunch of different stuff. There's uh, seven full length courses. I, I combined two of them into one. There used to be eight. Now there's two because I combined them. I think it was, uh, there was a lot of interconnected information. So I figured it was easier to present in combining them, but either way, um, now there's seven courses um, on different pillars. So originally the idea was to just strictly help with testosterone, but testosterone is so interconnected with lots of other hormones like prolactin, cortisol, vitamin D, thyroid hormone, and dopamine, a lot of other things. So I've really added a lot to the courses and kind of like redone them and made them more like overall health stuff. And now additionally, some of the courses are also geared towards women. So it's, I used to be strictly available for men. And now some of the courses are going to be available for women as well. So the endocrine disruptors course is going to be available for women as well. And the sunlight exposure course is going to be available for women as well. Um, so that's basically like the sunlight one is like all about circadian biology, the importance of sunlight, the body clock, the calibration with the environment, all that kind of stuff. Um, amino acids and their, their action spectra with light, a lot of different topics in that, which are really dope, but also apply to women just as much as they do men. And honestly, the sunlight and testosterone stuff is not like super long information. So it's like all the health stuff is applicable to both, but then the testosterone stuff is just also in there. So you could just skip that part if you're a girl um, or you can learn about it. So you're, you can help your man with it or put them on. But yeah, so I am opening up to women a little bit. 
I may also decide in the future, not sure if I'm going to do it, or I might have like um, a woman who could potentially be the face of it to do um, like a woman's hormone program course thing, and which would be like a separate community. The community is only available for men, and that's on purpose because men need men. Um, also, um, I won't get into every course individually, but basically now I used to only offer everything as one full like the academy, the, the full program with the coaching, with all the courses, with everything in like a 12 week program, like piece by piece, different stuff. And now I've completely restructured and now I'm offering every single course individually. So you can buy just the nutrition course, just the sleep course, just the training course, just the sunlight exposure one. So all of the, you know, sex and endocrine disruptors, all the different courses you can get one by one. So now you can kind of get like a smaller, like the barrier to entry is a lot smaller for you guys. So if you want to see what I'm about, you can get one of the first courses. And there's also an order that you want to take them in. So the first one is the fundamentals course, top T testosterone fundamentals. That course is only 97 bucks where my program used to be 1200. So now it's a lot easier to get in, see what it's about, see how legit and informationally dense these courses actually fucking are. And then if you want to upgrade every dollar that you spend on any of the courses goes towards the bundle. So like, let's say you spend, you know, the 97 on that first course. And then like maybe you spend like 300 on the sleep course. And then you want to upgrade to the full package with all the courses and the community and the whole shiz, then you can like, oh, every dollar you spent goes towards that. So I'm restructuring it, making it a lot easier for guys to get in and kind of lowering the barrier to entry. So you guys can all do it because I'm seeing that guys really need this shit. And especially guys in my comment section on Instagram, like really need to get into the program because they're disagreeing with stuff they don't understand. And that's the whole point. Like my job as an educator, I, I really don't consider myself a coach as much as I do a teacher. I like to teach about this stuff. I've done a lot of intricate research. I've been very diligent over the years to research and trial and error and experience things and see what works and see what doesn't. And, you know, I have clients that I do coach, but most of the coaching is even education. Like I really wouldn't consider myself a coach. I'm not the one like texting you every day, like go to the gym, motherfucker. Like that's on you. You got to do that as you're, like, I'm not your dad. You got to go do that. And I'm just going to tell you how to do it. And like the concepts that you need to know in order to do it as efficiently as possible. I'm not like a motivation guy. I'm, I'm an education guy. So that's pretty much the full spectrum of what I'm offering for a limited time. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but you might be able to get into the discord for free. I'm currently letting guys in. So you might be able to get in. You might not. I can give you a link to put in. And when, when it expires and the offers up, guys can get in. Um, but we're basically, we're going to cap it once there's a certain number of guys in there. Um, and then eventually it's going to start being like, you know, a certain amount of money a month. The guys that get in originally get in and grandfathered in and don't have to pay. But you know, once there's like three, 400 guys in there, uh, we'll do like $5 a month. And then if it's like over a thousand dudes, we'll do like $10 a month. Like as the community gets bigger, it's going to, the price is going to go up over time. And that's just to like for the management that takes a lot of time. And I'm going to eventually have to hire people to make sure that everything is automated, whatever. So that's kind of like the point of it. But either way, as of now, as the, the community platform is very early, you can ask me fucking anything on there. You guys are in there. Like I answer every single question on discord. Wow. So yeah. And that's for the guys that take the courses too. Like you take the course, you're not sure about the information. You, you want to take this to another level. You want to go a little deeper like that. The discord is where we do that. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm watching this module. I'm prolactin. Like, what about this, this, and this I'll give you the answer or I'll, I'll say, I don't know. And I'll look it up and I'll get back to you in a couple of days. And it's been really cool for me because the courses have evolved based on the really good questions that I've gotten from the guys who have taken the courses and they've, you know, kind of egged me to evolve in certain ways and, and research certain things that I didn't think of in the beginning. And I'm like, wow, it's actually a great fucking question. Let me go in and look at that. And then I'm like, wow, the answer is even crazier. So now I got to put this in the course and then the course has evolved that way. So it's a win-win for everybody. You guys get to learn, you get to ask deeper questions. And I also get to make the courses better and also help you guys out.
Amazing. Yay. That's awesome, Nick. Super exciting. I'm going to check your stuff out. You guys will put all those links in the show notes. You can find Nick Caputo at Top T Nick on Instagram. Um, message me if you need to, if you have a question about that, if you have questions for him, um, we will hook you guys up. All the links will be in the show notes, how to get at Nick. Nick Caputo, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Sure. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Hello, everybody. It's me, Emily. Please share this episode with someone that you think would enjoy it, or maybe on your social media. Can you help us get this episode out into the world more so more people can listen to it and be able to enjoy it and be able to be inspired by it? Please do this if you enjoyed the episode, even if you didn't enjoy the episode, if you feel inspired to share and to rant about the episode, please do so as well. That helps us out also, I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. I am also on YouTube with the same username. Take care.